You are listening to On the Ledge, Mysteries in Yosemite. Welcome back, everyone, to On the Ledge, Mysteries in Yosemite. This is Taylor. And this is Mia. We haven't talked to you guys in a while. Yeah, we've been away for a little bit. Um, Life got busy. I feel like November didn't even happen. Yeah. It was so quick. I was just telling Matt, my husband, we just went on a walk to see the Christmas lights in our neighborhood, and it literally felt like yesterday was Halloween and we were walking mm-hmm. around for Halloween. Yeah, and our our last episode was our Halloween episode, and then... Yeah, it's been crazy. I started a new job, so we kind of had to put you guys on the back burner for a second. So I sorry. was hoping you would mention that. Um, you got a new position like in social media, which is awesome for you. Yes, it's been very fun so far, um, but I haven't had time to do the podcast, so we squeeze in some time. Yeah. We miss you guys. <laughs> we miss it. Um, and um, we actually went up to our family cabin up in Bayshore above Bass Lake. Um, yeah, it was awesome. You came too. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful up there. Um, I definitely think we're going to need to dive into some more Bayshore history or people also call it Bayshore, 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 because Taylor and I grew up going there and it's this quaint little area up in the Sierra National Forest that is a well-kept secret. But yeah, we're already in December. Christmas is here. Taylor and I were discussing earlier, um... The two types of Christmas, no, three types of Christmas trees. Three, there's three types of people. I don't know about anywhere else, but where we grew up, there was three types of people. <laughs> Go ahead. The, uh, what's it called? Douglas fir. Douglas fir. From the tree lots. Mm-hmm. The, your typical like Christmas On tree. On the corner. Christmas tree lots. Those are normally Douglas uh-huh. firs. The silver tips. Which is referred to as Charlie Brown trees. Mm-hmm. Or... The fake Christmas tree people. Or Rhonda Crippo's favorite (laughs) is the Charlie Brown tree. Charlie Brown tree was what we all, both you and I both grew up Mm -hmm. with those trees. But sadly, both of our moms have converted to the plastic Christmas tree. Which I am too, sadly. I'm not a real (laughs) Christmas tree girl. But um, the Christmas, so my mom and her mom were always the silver tip ladies um we got our trees i don't know where you got yours same place my dad oh really okay um every year we would drive up to north fork which we talked about north fork a little bit in um the last episode but we drive up there and they had the boy scouts the local boy scouts um would chop down trees in the forest and then they'd sell them i don't know if they would actually chop them down yes they would oh really yeah they they get like a permit because it's oh it it helps thin out the forest basically um so we always got these little cute trees up in north fork but you can get big ones too like tall your mom's was yeah because my parents have really tall ceilings yeah you can get really big ones it's just they're not it's just a different style like they're not thick no they're thin and you it's a cute it's a cute style because you can put the ornaments like in between on the branches you know like all the way to the trunk yeah so well can i just say that um in high school I had winter formal like dinners at my house or like pictures and I was always embarrassed because we'd have to stand in front of 
Yeah, but your <laughs> silver tip Your mom would always get the weirdest one. <laughs> yeah, we had to turn it a certain way, like to make sure that there wasn't a bald spot. Yeah. No, but we should actually find some pictures of those and put yeah, them on Instagram. Yeah, we will. I'll but post I my think winter I think that's photos. a funny topic because I don't think people in the valley or uh-huh. just anywhere they don't sell those types of Christmas no. trees down here. Maybe in other places, but the ones on the corners, the like fluffy ones, the Douglas firs or whatever, are those grown? on like a tree farm like where do they come from because they don't come from the forest around here i think tree farms yeah but these ones are literally from the forest (laughs) yeah um they're just forest the reason i say that is because my neighbor or our cross street neighbor but uh shout out to the neighbors who listen (laughs) um we were just discussing those types of christmas trees and we were trying to remember what they were called Mm -hmm. but it's the silver tip yes well um I rem- this is just random, but I remember that because Mickey posted hers today. I Mickey's, yeah, yeah, hers is silver tip. Okay, but anyways, speaking of North Fork, we again we talked about North Fork a little bit last episode, and maybe the one before. I think just last episode, the exact center of California. Yes. Um, and y- we were gonna um discuss if we any like messages we've received or anything. Uh-huh. And you said we actually got a message from yes. somebody. And we got one from my friend, Emily, who is a listener. And she always sends us messages. Thanks, Emily. Um, but she grew up in the area as well. And she sent me this message about the buckhorn. And this which, went along with our um, Halloween. Yes. So she sent me this message about the buckhorn. That is the uh, like 100-year-old saloon up in North Fork. Um, and we talked about the history, if you haven't listened to the last, last episode. Um, Emily said... I've been going to the Buckhorn forever. Every Sunday, we'd have a breakfast there when I was little. And I don't know why, because this place was not for kids. But I vividly remember being like five or six locked in one of the bathrooms. The bathroom doors were so old and would get stuck. I remember yelling for my parents and then later heard footsteps and the doorknob started moving. So I figured someone had heard me. After what felt like a couple minutes of struggling, it finally opened, but there was nobody on the other side of the door and neither of my parents had any idea what had just happened. I was so scared and nobody ever believed me. But as I got older, I always heard people talking about the crazy stuff that happens here. She said, my aunt works there right now and it's just a weird vibe always, like something out of a scary movie. But if you ever go, the biscuits and gravy are amazing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. We should go there. We should. I've been there. I don't think you've been there. The Buckhorn. The Buckhorn Saloon. But also I have another story, which I told you about, but I don't have it in writing. Um, My friend Chase from high school, I ran into him and we were just talking about podcasts and stuff and about the Buckhorn. And I don't know how, I couldn't find any information on this, but I thought I would just share it because it's an interesting story. He said his grandpa um, knew of a story. I don't know how many years ago, but a man in North Fork this is really gruesome, <laughs> like really gruesome. Oh my God. A man in North Fork came home from work one day and his wife was in bed with another man. And apparently he killed the man and took his head to the Buckhorn Saloon and sat the head on the bar in order to drink. Okay. That's why allegedly. I, that's why I love this podcast because it's like, there's just stories that aren't on record that uh-huh. is just like word locals. of mouth. Yes, yeah. just like random mm-hmm. crazy stuff that's just word of mouth and no one would believe it. Allegedly. But it's from the mouth of the locals. If you've heard that story, please let me know because I looked it up and I couldn't find anything on it. And Chase 
um, he was going to give me an update on that, but I haven't heard back yet. So I just thought that was an interesting one that we needed to share. <laughs> yeah, for Very sure. Crazy. The main part of this episode, we decided to revisit the Sierra Sky Ranch history. We're kind of revisiting for this episode because last episode we talked about the buckhorn and we talked about a couple other places. The boys home mm-hmm. in Wasuma. Yes. And we talked about Sierra Sky Ranch. But the thing is, we got so much feedback from these stories. We had to do a second one because there's just so much history behind these. A lot of people had personal stories um, that really no one mm-hmm. has heard of but we're focusing on sierra sky ranch yes because we got quite a bit of feedback and personal stories from sierra sky ranch so to restate the brief history of sierra sky ranch it's a super historical building um where we live right off of 41 on your way into yosemite not just building whole property whole property yeah it's a, a ranch Um, In 1875, it was used as a cattle ranch that supplied beef throughout the Central Valley. And then in the 1930s, um, it was used for those suffering from tuberculosis. And then after that, it was also used um, as a place to house wounded soldiers during World War II. So this ranch is believed to be haunted by at least five souls. And we talked about the cowboy named Elmer, the nurse that got tuberculosis, the two kids that died from tuberculosis. And I think there's a couple more. Yeah. They don't have names. Um, many former owner, the, the hotel has switched owners a handful of times. Yeah. I don't even know the number, but I know it's been sold many times. And a lot of these former owners and also hotel guests have claimed to have seen ghosts or have experienced paranormal activity. And there's paranormal, paranormal investigators that go up there Mm -hmm. and do their thing um and they always i guess have really good results one quote that i found from a formal owner she said um she believed that these were just lost souls and for reasons of their own they've decided to make sierra sky ranch their home and um she didn't believe any of them were super super evil or anything Mm -hmm. but just lost souls yeah and we also um I also heard the two kids, I think I forgot to mention this, the two kids are famous for showing up at the end of your bed in the middle of the night. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's happened to multiple people. Um, So this place, as you can imagine, has had many visitors because it's a hotel now and also a bar and restaurant, I believe. So people are coming in and out of this place and it's definitely haunted. So we got a lot of feedback from our family and friends that wanted to chime in on the story. So my mom was actually telling me that she went to high school and was pretty good friends with um, one of her classmates whose parents actually owned it while they were in high school. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I guess she had a bunch of stories that she wanted to share with us. So should we call her? Yeah, should I call my mom? Yeah, call her. Okay, we're going to call my mom and we'll see um, how it goes and (laughs) see if she gives us a pretty good story. My mom could be long-winded, so (laughs) I have to cut it up a little bit. The couple stories that stood out um, as we sat in, I believe it was a library um, in the house, in that hallway where that one room is like, I think it was the library and you could look down the hallway from there if I remember right, but... Um, anyways, the stories that stood out 
vividly were, um, and again, I don't know what owners it was, but in the kitchen, um, whether it was the cook or the missus of the, you know, house at the time, and it was during the time I think they were running the hotel, um, they noticed that the, they went into the kitchen what time of day, night, I'm not sure, but they opened the door and every, it was a commercial type kitchen. Every burner was on, every window was shut, the doors were shut, which wasn't typical. I mean, normally there would be doors open, window open or something, and obviously not all the burners, ovens, the stoves were all turned on. They just walked into it and it was like, obviously you know, a hundred and, you know, over 130 degrees in there. They just said it was, you know, really baking hot, right on the verge of probably, you know, going up in flames, but they got in there and shut all the burners off, opened all the windows and never could explain it. So the other one was, this was during, yeah, the time it was a hotel as well, that a guest came, um, I guess was completely freaked out, um, angry as well. Uh, came in the morning and he had a um, black eye and he went on to explain that there was a cat meowing kept meowing and meowing and he kept going you know out trying to find it to get it to shut up and he he went out found it and kicked it and right when he kicked it someone someone literally punched him in the face so he thought the cat, you know, was right near his room and it was keeping him up. So he went outside and found it and gave it a good swift kick. And he said instantly when he kicked the cat, he literally was like punched so hard. And he couldn't explain it because there was no one. I mean, it was, you know, light enough to see that he just didn't see anybody. I mean, he, he didn't know where it came from, what happened, but he he came to the front desk. I, I don't know if he continued his night stay, but he was really angry because he couldn't, you know, explain what had happened. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, first of all, the kitchen thing's insane. Yeah. All the burners. How do you explain that? How would I, you explain that you other can't. than paranormal? You can't unless it was like a prank, but no, I don't know. But I, um, while my mom was talking, I texted um, her friend. Mm-hmm. She wants, uh, yeah, I know she's going to want to re- remain anonymous, so we'll probably leave her name out. But I texted her and um, it says she's typing. So I think she's writing out a story right now. Okay. Okay. She just texted me back. We are back she, with my, a live update. Okay. My mom's friend just texted me back um, and I was right. She wants to remain anonymous, so we won't say her name. But it's a long message, so I'm excited. Are you ready? Is this an audio recording she sent us? No, she just texted it. Okay, okay. So I'm going to read it. She said, I hope this helps. As you know, I grew up above Oakhurst in a community called Sierra Sky Ranch. In about eighth grade, I met a boy who worked there and lived on the ranch. We started spending a lot of time there, especially after school. The first time we had an encounter was in the loft above the reception area. There was a small room up there where he kept weights to work out. Since it was upstairs, it was always hot. 
We had tried multiple times to open the old sliding windows, but it was sealed shut with paint. One day after school, he was working out and I was listening to music and all of a sudden it felt like air conditioning turned on. When I looked over at him, we both had the same look on our face and the window flew open, paint chips flying everywhere. We just about trampled each other to get down the stairs and never went back up there again. Our second encounter was about a year later. We were in the kitchen behind the restaurant. I was sitting on a long stainless steel counter and he was getting food out of the walk-in refrigerator to make a sandwich. He had laid a knife down on the counter after cutting meat next to me. We were talking when I heard a sliding noise and saw the knife sliding down the counter all the way to the end. What? Then fell off. There There were several weird happenings in the library over time. A book would fall off the library shelf. The curtains would blow when there was no air in the room. We also heard from room service that the first two rooms on the right had the most sightings. That room seven? I would I would guess so. One of the maids told me that she put clean sheets on the bed, went into the bathroom to clean, and when she turned around, the dirty sheets were back on the bed and the clean sheets were folded again. I remember the receptionist telling us that a couple had told them that they had a foggy light cloud above their bed around two in the morning. The wife wife woke up and couldn't move. She just stared at the cloud until it dissipated. It was pretty interesting when Sierra Sky Ranch made the top 100 most haunted hotels in America. We finally felt like we weren't losing our minds. So wait, it was what above her head? Just like a cloud. So like an orb, basically. An orb or like... A ghost. I don't know. It just says cloud. Uh, so like a misty figure or something was above oh her and she couldn't move until it like dissipated. Oh my gosh. That was a good, that was a lot of, what was the craziest one you thought out of that? The knife is really scary because if the, the knife like moved across the thing and then fell, right? Yeah. Like what I would thought, you, wait, what would you do if that knife started flying through the air? I don't know. But also what I thought was crazy was how she said that window was sealed shut when they were up in that like loft uh-huh. and it just flew open and the paint chips just like flew across the room. Yeah. Cause it was because like obviously so forceful. W- obviously it wasn't the wind because it was painted shut basically. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, <sighs> Oh my gosh. And she was like in eighth grade or like probably 15 years old or something. I would have died. I know that is crazy. That's a good one. Okay. So we have another guest coming on right now. That wanted to share his story with Sierra Sky Ranch. His name is Jeff Aiello. Um, he's kind of a hometown <laughs> celebrity. He's a legend in the mountain area, so we had to have him come on. Um, yes. And he sent us his story as a voice memo, so we're going to go ahead and play um, what he has to say. Yes, but we haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, so we haven't listened to it So we're going to be listening to it the first time with you guys. Yeah, so here it goes. My experiences with the Sierra Sky Ranch Hotel really began in the early to mid-80s. I went to high school at Yosemite High School in Oakhurst, grew up in Bass Lake, California. And, you know, my so- I would say my freshman and sophomore year, I started to play golf and started to learn how to play golf. And the Sierra Sky Ranch Hotel 
had one of the only golf courses in the area, except you know, I think you could go up to Wawona, which was a further drive up in the park, but it was, a, you know, it was a pretty banged up golf course. It wasn't great by Valley standards, but we would go there and play golf. And my experiences with the hotel were always a great place to go play golf. And I'd spend summers there with my friends. We'd play 36 holes a day. I mean, we just wasted so much time down there playing golf. It was fun. Um, later in high school, like my junior year, I, uh, I had a friend, Mike Safford and his parents bought the resort. They bought the hotel and they lived in a mobile home behind the hotel. And that's when I first started to hear stories of the hauntings that were happening at Sierra Sky Ranch Hotel. We would talk to Mike and Mike's like, no, it's legit. It's really happening. There are several entities or spirits in different parts of the hotel. And I remember hearing these stories and then one day I was talking to my mom and she had gone to a party. I think it was a new year's Eve party at the hotel. And a lot of people at that hotel, at that party, um, witnessed some pretty bizarre paranormal activity in the form of, um, candy bars and utensils kind of just flying around the room by themselves. Um, as if they were thrown by someone who wasn't there. And a lot of people reported that, my parents were there and saw it and that really got our attention or got my attention. Um, so we really started to investigate it. Uh, you know, this is before the days of, you know, cable television and ghost shows and all that stuff. So we were just sort of, uh, fascinated by ghosts really after the movie Ghostbusters came out. I remember Ghostbusters came out and I love that movie. And so it all one thing led to another and we were like, let's go do ghost investigations. Prior to this, we had done some research and, you know, talking with Mike and his parents, uh, we had, we had heard that there were basically several main ghosts in the Sky Ranch Hotel. There was the ghost of what some, I think the name was Mr. Eli or Ely, who may have been one of the first owners or propi proprietors of the Sky Ranch Hotel. It was um, built, uh, the main ranch house was built in I think 1900, it was part of one of the largest cattle ranches in California at one time. And then, you know, through its evolution, it, it had sort of, you know, different incantations of service. So it was, it was a ranch house on a working cattle ranch for a while. It then became a place for a, a hospital for tuberculosis patients, which was at the time a deadly disease in like the 30s. Um, it then became a World War II Army hospital during World War II in the 40s. And then on top of all that, I don't know if this part is true, but we had heard it was it was built on Indian burial grounds. So there, all of this, you know, led to the mystique of the place. Um, but I know for, you know, when I was in high school, we, we, we knew there were a ghost out in the barn, which was across the street down on the golf course. And I think some people think that's the ghost of what they, they, the, the, the history, the written history on it is a, an old ranch hand named Elmer who either cut himself with an ax and died or he hung himself or for some other reason. But there was definitely spottings of this cowboy ghost in the barn, which isn't there anymore. Um, for me, I always got a creepy feeling walking into the hotel, um, in the actual parts where the rooms and the kitchens were or are and the library at the end at the sort of the west end of the hotel and I'll never forget Mike's mom telling us how she was walking one night out from her mobile home into the hotel 
through the bottom of the library and she saw this uh, woman in a colonial dress she described like a floating apparition staring at her outside the window one of the windows overlooking um from the from the library and the way she described the woman was she could see her face she could see eyes and had on a colonial dress and her hair was up and she was definitely floating and kind of coming in and out of visibility and I'll never forget when she told us this because she said she stopped and looked and watched this apparition floating in the window for several minutes and then she decided to move forward to go closer toward the building and when she did the eyes of that figure moved down towards her and was now looking at her and that always put a chill up my spine was was to know that you know usually when you see ghosts or you hear of ghosts it's a out of the corner of your eye or something's caught on a surveillance camera or something like that but this is a real personal interaction that always stuck with me um uh there's also um a, a an entity that we always used to hear of i think it was room 11 i can't remember exactly what room it was but there was a one particular room where there was regularly reported uh what would be the definition of a poltergeist which is a which is a manifestation of a spirit that maybe isn't in human form in this case it was typically described as a black mist but it would physically harm you it could it could knock you down it could push you it could move objects in the room and we heard regular stories of that from the Saffords when that time in high school when we were really paying attention to what was going on there so one night we decided I think we were juniors in high school and we decided hey let's go do a ghost hunt at the Sky Ranch it was in the winter there were no guests Mike's mom said yeah you guys can go in there and spend the night and really try to figure out what's going on in there maybe see maybe hear something and so we we did and we there was there was probably eight of us I think maybe seven seven or eight of us that went I don't remember all the people that were with me but I remember a few of the names that were with us that night and we got all you know pretty spooked up we were all pretty we were you know our blood was up our hair was up we were all kind of you know, we'd psyched ourselves up for this thing. So we went in, I think it was like 10 o'clock at night into the library, not a soul in the place. And we just started to walk around and we started to listen and check stuff out. And downstairs below the library is um, a room that isn't really open for the public anymore. And it was just sort of like an extra room down there. And it didn't have any windows, but it had like six doors. It was really weird. It was this windowless room with a bunch of doors. It was old. It had that old, you know, turn of the century feel to it. And um, we had decided, hey, let's see if one of us can like actually spend the night down here by ourselves and how long we could or how long we could last in the room. And I remember I, I signed up for that. I said, I'll, I'll, tr- I'll give it a try. So they left me in the room and they all went back upstairs and I, you know, I, I didn't see or hear anything, but you always hear about like when ghosts are near or anytime there's like paranormal, you know, activity, it gets really cold. I experienced that. I experienced a drop in temperature in the room that was profound. It was like, okay, this is not in my head. This re- this room actually got 20 degrees colder. 
And when that happened, I was like, I'm out. And I hit the door and I came upstairs and that, that rattled me pretty good. Um, the only other thing that happened that night for, for me, and this was sort of the last time I spent any time up at the Sky Ranch Hotel was that same night we were just, we were decided, we have decided to, to punt on our spending the night in the hotel. We were all kind of spooked out and we weren't really feeling it. And we kind of, you know, the teen, the attention span of teenage boys isn't really all that great anyway. So we were kind of like, what, what else, what else can we do? And we were walking from the library down the stairs to the bottom door, which led to where our cars were outside. And as we were walking, I was walking next to um, a friend of mine who's since passed away, Randy. And Randy and I were side by side. It was a wide staircase, so you could walk two, two abreast down the staircase. And right when we got to the stairs, we were the last two, Randy just went flying past me and yelled and something out loud, um, you know, oh shit or something. I, he just, he was like, he just was startled by something and hit the bottom landing of the stairs. And really, I can't, I don't remember if he broke his leg, but he injured his leg really bad. I think he sprang it. He might've broke it. I can't remember. It's been a long time, but he claims that he was pushed from behind. And all I can say is what I saw, how quickly he went flying by me at the very top of the stairs, it was as if he'd been pushed. It wasn't something that someone would knowingly just do to themselves. Uh, even to throw a prank like that on me would have, would have been, um, not something people would have done, especially ending up hurt like he did. So those were my experiences of the Sky Ranch Hotel. Um, I've, I've always had kind of a creepy feeling about it. When I drive by, I always look into the windows to see if I might catch a glimpse of the ghost of Sarah, who might be the nurse uh, who who took care of patients during the time of the tuberculosis hospital. Um, you know, I think about it once in a while, and there's certainly been a lot of a media attention given to um the, the hotel, uh, since the evolution of these ghost shows that have come out. So definitely something I'll never forget. And I think it's a great, um, part of, uh, local Oakhurst history and lore. Something about a ghost having the ability to touch you is really disturbing. I don't know if I believe it, but Taylor's a skeptic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. To each their own, <laughs> but the guy has the stories, you got to admit. Yeah, he's good at telling them too. But he will definitely be on some podcasts in the future, some episodes, because... Yeah, let us know if you're a Jeff Ayala fan, yep. because he's our friend. If, <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Jeff Ayala fan, follow us. Yeah, because yeah. this is us. What's the word? Um, not Plug? Yeah, that's our... Jeff Ayala is our plug. Yeah. <laughs> Those were insane. Those stories. were some good stories. And this is what I kind of hoped would happen eventually once we got a bunch of episodes out is that people we know would start reaching out with stories of their own because that makes it that much more interesting and intense. Right. We need to go up there and yes. walk around Sierra Sky Ranch. Yeah, we do. Take some pictures. I wish we had gone like prior to this and we could like post pictures yeah. of us. Um, But speaking of... We want to talk about our Instagram page. So if you are not following us on Instagram, what is our Instagram name, Mia? It is on the ledge podcast. 
How many followers do we have on there? We have, I believe, let me check. 160. Wow. Yeah. So we really want to try to um, post some more stuff like on our story to engage you guys and to like interact with you guys. So keep the conversation going. Keep so we the get conversation some stories. going and even um, bring up some new possible subjects, topics to see what you guys are like interested in listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, we might be putting out some polls, some questionnaires. Yep. So be looking out for those. So I encourage you, if you are a fan of On The Ledge um, and you like hearing from us, go ahead and give our Instagram a visit right now. Why don't you just go on our Instagram? If you have your phone handy, go on there, check us out, see what's on our story um, and interact with it a little bit. Maybe even shoot us a comment or like to show us that you guys are um, active on our Instagram. Yes. And um, actually, we were talking about this earlier because yesterday Spotify Wrapped came out. And explain I, what that is, because like some okay. listeners might not know. So Spotify Wrapped, which we're also on other platforms, but it basically tells you the data of your listeners and all that for the end of the year. But ours said that we had um, people listening from seven different countries. Okay. So if you are a listener from a country, I'm going to call to action and Instagram engagement right now. Yeah. If you are a listener from another country, another country besides the United States, shoot us a comment mm-hmm. on our latest photo and tell us what country you're from, what country you were listening from. And let's get a little more specific. If you are a listener from a state within the United States that is not California where we are located, Go ahead and give us a comment, too, and say, tell us where you're from. Yeah. Yes, please. What state you're from. We would love that. We- and also, if you've ever been to the area, because I feel like maybe people who have traveled to Yosemite as tourists, whatever, have been here and they're listening to the podcast because of that. Or maybe they just have never been here before. And that's how they're listening. Yes. So we would love that. We love hearing from you guys. And we would even more so love to hear from people who... Are around the world. And also, I think um, you're going to want to follow our Instagram because I've talked to Taylor about this. We would eventually like to do a giveaway. And I've been in the works a little bit with creating some really cool merch for our listeners. And I think our first few we're going to be giving away. So you want to follow for that. 100%. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Call to action call to action um any other business we want to talk about other than that i think we're good um shoot us an email if you if you have any literally anything at this point if there's anything you want to share with us just shoot us email we sound desperate every time we say we're not we're not desperate but you can always (laughs) but people have people have been dming like Instagram DMs. Yeah, people have been DMing us stuff. And even if you know us personally, um, just messaging us and Mm -hmm. whatnot. So we love that. All right, guys. We will see you later. Thanks for tuning in. We know it's been a while, but we will have another episode coming out soon after this one. Happy holiday. Any type of holiday you're celebrating. Happy New Year. And a happy New Year. Hopefully we'll talk to you before then. All right. Bye. Bye. You just listened to On the Ledge, Mysteries in Yosemite.